Hello and welcome everyone to this episode of Double DM Podcast, where we talk about inspiration, finding it and using it to create something that is applicable to your games. Basically, we're talking about the process of getting from idea to thing. But first, as always, let's recap our weeks. What happened in TTRPGs to us? So, Niels, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, actually. Can't really complain. There's, I'm back in the normal world, basically back from vacation. Now I have to work again. But... And you're feeling great. How does that work? <laughs> Yes, yeah, seeing all my co-workers again that I really like, that, that's always a plus. The bosses, eh, not so much, but my favorite co-workers, uh, working with them on the same shift, it's just it's just great times working with your work bestie, you know? True, true. Just the, the random bullshit that we talk about and laugh about, it's just amazing. But yeah, other than that, nothing much happened, except for some TTRPG sessions. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. <clears throat> a sophisticated gentleman. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What, the, what the hell? Okay. At least trying to. <laughs> <laughs> but failing miserably. <laughs> How about yours? Uh, my week has been a lot. <laughs> okay. Right, Monday, I don't know if you noticed, but Berlin was literally drowning. I didn't um, notice I was at work in the cellar. That's... But nothing... I didn't notice, so <laughs> anyway. So for those that don't know, you can Google it, but there were a few train stations in German in Berlin that were literally underwater. Mm -hmm. And like, like I am talking knee-deep water. Mm -hmm. I was lucky that I worked in the... Like, I wasn't necessarily lucky that I worked in the office on Monday, but I worked in the office on Monday. And that I... that The time I clocked out of work aligned perfectly with a, like, 20-minute window of no rain perfect so i went to the bus waited for the bus there for like two to three minutes because obviously i time my work clock out to the bus that i have to take to get back to town mm. because where i work is basically out of berlin which isn't true i work still in berlin but like i would have to walk 100 meters and i would be outside of berlin but still and while we were driving <laughs> the streets this bus would dri was driving along were literally flooded and underwater <laughs> Mm. Like there were moments where our bus driver announced over the intercom of the bus, if we don't make it through this water, I'm going to have to let you all out here mm. because we would wait for an emergency bus. And we were all looking outside literal farming fields. <laughs> like there was nothing, literally flat surfaces mm. that were flooded. But then I made it home. I, 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 But that was a journey, especially because a lot of the trains that I had to take after that literally just didn't come because the railways were blocked by water. Mm. And that's bad for trains. Yeah, apparently. I can I've imagine. been told so. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, then on Tuesday and uh, Wednesday, I worked from home and it wasn't that bad anymore, right? The the rain has passed We and the city could return back to normal, more or less. Yeah, um, busy week at work, but I will manage, uh, I hope. Mm -hmm. um, I'm yeah, sure. uh, a lot of TTRPG sessions, university stuff. Um, exams are coming up, so preparations are not. And I think the week is going to be even cha more chaotic down the line now. Okay, why, why is that? Because I have a TTRPG session today that is going to be very fun, I think. Mm -hmm. um, tomorrow is 
nothing on my schedule. And the weekend is looking rather free as well, which only means that I will do random weird shit. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> so, yeah. How were your TTRPG sessions, Nils? Uh, yeah, I only had two, and you were part of both of them. The uh, one on Thursday, or was it Friday? I... Friday, we had a session Friday. on Friday. Friday was it, yeah. You are completely right. I totally yeah. forgot that one. I would I would not have remembered it. Yeah, and then one on Sunday fell through, but the other one was also amazing. Yes, Sunday's one, oh my god. I have been forgetting so much of what has <laughs> happened last week. Oh my god, yeah. last week was so stressful for me. Yeah, I remember. We had a session on Friday and a session on Sunday. Exactly. Yeah. So, talk about them to me. On, for the session on Friday, I we got to further our goal to uh, march towards our destination. And we, in the end, finally arrived. So we did arrive. Now the story can begin. Mm-hmm. And one particular good thing happened. I did get my curse removed. That's nice. No, no, Nils, you, you have to really present this to the people because they don't know anything. You got the curse removed that I gave you. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. You cursed me, even though it was not necessarily willingly. But uh, anyways, the curse, the curse uh, is gone now. At least for now, <laughs> let's say it like that. I didn't curse you exactly. No mm. curse left my mouth or my character's mouth to curse you. But the plant <laughs> that <laughs> cursed you, which I knew would curse someone my character took it with him without saying anything <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that happened <laughs> yeah and the curse basically would have turned me or will turn me into a cultist of some evil god thingamajig the evil goddess of this world yeah the evil the, the prime evil of the world which believes destruction is the only thing to achieve yeah yeah and that wouldn't really work with team play would it now and our yeah, if all of us would have been cursed if all yeah sure th th it would have taken some time to get you all cursed but Fair. it would have been a goal possibly for me as a cultist but anyways i am not a cultist anymore so that's good <laughs> i really like not being a cultist of an prime eve of the prime evil goddess that's a really nice thing to not be or to be not being a cult anyways <laughs> <laughs> no but yeah th that was basically all we did we we removed your curse and then finally arrived at the destination we've been traveling to for like four sessions at this point mm -hmm. to finally actually start what we were supposed to do in this campaign yeah. be magical investigators mm -hmm. yeah yes so sunday sunday it was cyberpunk red and yeah let's say i <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was a really really fun session i had a lot of fun though mm -hmm. but i was just super stupid i hate that people always say that they are stupid at least it, it playing like a character or, or playing playing a game because what you always have to realize is that there's right there's a disconnect between your character and you mm -hmm. and sometimes it's hard to overcome that barrier of my character would have this idea that i cannot have as a person as the player so my character mm -hmm. can't right there's so much going on that it's easy to overlook the easy answers yeah and one more thing that uh, played into that is that i usually play mostly fantasy ttrpgs mm -hmm. uh, yeah <laughs> and this is a, a sci-fi cyberpunk mm -hmm. ttrpg so there are a lot of different things to consider or other things to consider mm -hmm. or there are a multitude of different ways how you can approach a different pro or the same problem yeah i would even say right the thing is maybe generalized approaches don't change yeah but the way these approaches 
work needs to change. Exactly. For example, the, the, the problem that you're talking about is <clears throat> you guys wanted to fake an invitation to get into a high-class society club. Mm -hmm. But you didn't have an invitation that you could forge. So that is the thing. And you were like, okay, how can we get an invitation? And I was looking at you guys and, and thinking to myself, this is a cyberpunk world. There is no invitation. The guard at the doors has a list of people's digital signatures that he needs to check to mm -hmm. let in, basically, right? There is no piece of paper that he needs to look at. But also the thing is, right, he doesn't have to look at it. He only gets a confirmation from a system that mm. says, yes, this person is legit. And then he says, okay, go through. He, he is relying on that technology. And that is the turning point of the genre, right, of cyberpunk for me. Yeah. The tech is so ingrained with people and everything that everyone is dependent on it, mm. which makes the cyberpunk the dystopian future or the dystopian modern age that it is. You are dependent on a technology created by the people that want to oppress you with that technology. So everything in the cyberpunk world, when, when you're thinking about a solution to a problem, needs to be somewhat reverted to how can I use the tech that I have against mm -hmm. the tech that they, that they have? Because you know everyone has tech. Yeah. Because it everyone needs to have tech to survive in this world. Mm -hmm. And right, you were thinking about, okay, how can I forge an invite? But there was never a literal invite. There was just a, this person, the, the, the guard at the door needs to know your digital signature to let you in. The system just needs to say, yeah, this person checks out. Mm. That requires some rethinking on my uh, on mm -hmm. my part to get into the mindset of the yeah. options that I have in comparison to my usual fantasy style, but where the options are, uh, or, or where I know what options mm -hmm. I can, I have and how I can interact mm -hmm. with them. Mm -hmm. But Red, this this needs to happen yeah. because genres are different. They require characters of that, that think differently from mm. characters of a different genre. And if you don't get in the mindset of that genre, you're gonna have a bad time. Exactly. In fantasy, we, we did an episode on magic and world building, right? But what we can now draw from that for this is in fantasy, in high fantasy, in magic fantasy, you can always ask, how does magic solve the problem? Because it's supposed to. That's literally what this genre revolves around of magical fantasy, right? Mm. And the same goes for cyberpunk. The same goes for Wild West. The same goes for Grim Dark, right? You need to know the genre to actually enjoy the genre. <laughs> uh, but okay, yeah. But you still, you guys still did it. And you did it in a way that I didn't expect and through a lot of roleplay and not a lot of combat. So that was still good from you guys. I think not as, uh, or not really a big, combat thing i think one uh, one person got punched yes if i remember correctly and that's about it and then just intimidation and yeah that was all so i had another session on tuesday mm -hmm. uh, my tyranny of dragons session where my players were still in the mindscape of one of the characters who had made a demon pact before that he now wanted to get rid of mm -hmm. and the the first step in that was finding out how the pact was made every circumstance everything he said and basically the exact condition of this pact basically get the contract get the contract right but without a contract because it's a deal yeah. they're not gonna write a contract for you they're not gonna be that straightforward with you because that would destroy the whole fun they have with it and my players were in this mindscape and basically entered what i would call the nightmare region of this character's brain okay um and they entered the ca the caves of punishment basically 
And this was a this was a cave riddle. And this cave riddle uh, basically included um, a howling wind that carried screams of lost souls among it. Mm -hmm. There were four different voices or four different types of voices, rather. Those that were fleeing, that were that somehow escaped their torture chamber and now wanted to flee these caves. Those that wanted to be down there to find something. Those that are being tortured by the caves and those that have given up hope. Mm -hmm. Those were the four different voices and they had all different phrases that they would basically scream to lead the players to certain clues on how to navigate the maze. Okay. And mm -hmm. There were a complete combined total of 16 clues to navigate the maze. Don't climb up. Don't climb down. Don't go right. Follow the water. Um, don't go through doors. Blah, 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 blah. Right? And this puzzle was basically if you find the voice that wants the same thing as you, find something, right? The second voice, find something down here here and follow the clues these voices give you you will find them you find the end of the maze and you will get where you want to go mm -hmm. but also if you don't get that hint and basically wander aimlessly theoretically at some point you will find the way out because at some point you will have gotten every clue there is and can follow theoretically all 16 rules Mm. While you only have to follow four of them, yeah. the four right ones. So yeah, uh, that was fun. That it took it took them some time to figure out, and they were a little bit frustrated. Which I think for a puzzle, it's okay when your players are a little bit frustrated, right? You need to find the point where it gets too much, and it's just destroying fun. But right, the frustration of ah, I can't figure out the answer, but I want to, is sometimes where you want to be for a few minutes, and then you yeah. can drop hints to make sure that they get the answer, which I did, and they got the answer, and they finally got where they wanted to be, found everything out about the pact that was made got drawn back to the real world to the real world uh, to the room where they met their wizard friend that put them into the strongs to find uh, this pact information and now know that some kind of demons are coming right out of the shadows in this room they apparently have been found which shouldn't have been possible unless the warlock player put down the amulet he got so the demon couldn't sense him. Mm -hmm. Which he did a few sessions back when he wanted to pray to a god. Okay. Okay. And he never put okay. it back on. Damn. So, yeah. Okay, I can't wait to hear more about this. This sounds amazing. It'll be a few weeks as always, but I'm mm. very excited to get to step two of his chapter, which is severing the pact. Understandably so. Damn. And yeah. Cool. That's that. Yeah. So, I have nothing else. Me neither. So we can and should just dive into our episode on inspiration and creating the thing from inspiration. Hey listener, how are you enjoying the show so far? Tell us about it in whatever way you see fit. Go to our social media pages and add us or DM us about your favorite episode of the show. We would love to hear from you on what impact our show might have had on your home games. Or you could review us on your podcast app of choice and leave us a nice message with a five-star review. And if you want to go above and beyond, bring a friend into the fold. Tell them about our show and refer us to them so they can get a piece of the pie as well. Thank you for listening to Double DM and joining us on this incredible journey. So Niels, in our episode about world building last time, mm -hmm. we talked about finding inspiration, finding a starting point and just going from there where 
wherever our brain, our lead takes us, right? Correct. So let's talk about inspiration, not just for world building, but for everything. And especially, for example, how we can get into an inspirational mood, into a creative mood, into a writing mood. How can we maybe deal with a writer's block? Uh, is there anything, any tips or tricks that we have? And yeah, first oh. of all, the first thing that needs to be said is I think, right, inspiration looks different for everyone. Yeah, Everyone gets inspiration from different things. Everyone uh, has inspiration in different phases. Everyone has inspiration in different ways and all this is highly highly personal but i think that there's a lot of baseline groundwork that can be done to help you in finding your inspiration mm -hmm. so neil's first question of the day what was the last thing that inspired you to write create build something new in regards to ttrpgs I would have to say music. Mm -hmm. There is one particular song. I don't know the name now, but I have written it down in my notes because it's basically a techno song, but with one piece of a speech or mm -hmm. a fictional speech. And that inspired me to write something about that. I just felt this could be turned into or this could be turned into a TTRPG plot pretty nicely. Mm -hmm. And then just wrote down the quote, the lyrics, basically, mm -hmm. and then just jotted down some ideas below that. It was basically a speech about why people rebel and start an uprising against the current government. And why the government shouldn't, this current government shouldn't wonder why the mm -hmm. things happened. Mm -hmm. Because these are the reasons and this is what we have to do. Mm -hmm. Okay. Can you just randomly walk me through the process of finding the song, getting the inspiration, and then the writing stage and what at the end became of it? Well, it was pretty random. <laughs> Obviously. But I want you to still talk about the circumstances that led to this. Yeah. It was uh, right after work on my way home. I just listen to some music as I always do when I travel and basically every time, all the time. And just in my big playlist that now runs about, I think, 110 hours of different songs, just hit shuffle and this song randomly came up. I liked the tune, so I put it on repeat a couple of times, listened to it and then started to listen to the actual words that were said after I mm. processed my day at work mm. fully and then had the leftover capacity to process everything in regards to the lyrics, the sound behind that and why they work together mm -hmm. my brain went places again and just as i always do think about some weird things in ttrpgs and thought hey that that could that could work for this and this and this and this and these different instances but i think for this it would be perfect because there was something in my ttrpgs regarding something along those lines just barely scra uh, scraping that part of um, civil uprising and stuff like that. Well, okay, it wasn't civil uprising. It was a red uprising in a city, but... <laughs> potato, potato. Potato, potato. It's Did you just uh, say red uprising? Yeah, it, it's um, it's a weird thing. Yeah, please walk me through it. It Give is for that. <laughs> basically a druid talked to a, cu uh, a couple of rats in a city to create a problem that the party then uh, wanted to solve to gain some money. It's always the best idea to do that. But then the party left for a couple of weeks. But they promised the rats some food or a lot of food. And yeah, the rats were kind of intelligent, at least in that way that they could talk coherently with the druid and could think about the implications that the druid made and risk and reward assessment. And yeah, so now there's kind of a red uprising below the city from a colony or culture of rats. Nice. So that was the 
thing that kind of scraped the topic, but not really. <laughs> but in some way it did. Yeah, so I, I mean, thought, I mean hey. the theme is there, right? Uprising. Mm. Just the word. Exactly. The word is written at the top of Niels's mental notes right now. Then a song comes on that somewhat relates to that word. Niels forms a connection. Neuron activation, right? Oh, this, this connects. Okay, perfect. Okay, now, because it connects, because I just connected the song that I'm listening to right now to Vibe to the TTRPG thing that I currently have on my mind that is somewhat relevant. So now it is con so now the song is connected to TTRPGs. In regards to TTRPGs, what are the few things that we basically always think about subconsciously, Nils? What are the few things that we have on our mind when it comes to TTRPGs, the broad strokes that we always have in mind? Aside from, uh, shit, my players canceled the session again. Yeah, that, that, that's a classic. It's more of a, what will happen next? What can happen next? What are my options? What are their options? Mm -hmm. And then playing uh, or weighing these options and then kind of predicting, and but not really. And mm -hmm. then trying to throw shit at the, at the wall and see what sticks. Yeah, I, I like to think of TTRPGs as some kind of like pulsating radar of the story narrative plot whatever you want to call it that happens in my games because my players are at a certain point around them are a thousand directions they can go in there are a thousand different things that can happen and it depends all on what they do but every time my players basically sit down and think there's this hidden radar activation that just pings out and gives me basically a moment to okay they are currently here in this part of the world they're in this part of the game they're in this part of the structure what can happen around them right Exactly. It doesn't matter where they go, because where they go will dictate what happens, not what happens happens everywhere. That's not what I'm saying. But what can happen around them? Exactly. There's a mountain range close to them. What can happen in a mountain range? There's, I don't know, there's um, an ancient old castle um, that has been long forgotten where now a vampire lives. Very basic fucking concept. And we all know it. Doesn't matter. But it's a good example. Because mm -hmm. now there is somewhere in this mountain range, there is this mansion or this fortress of a vampire lord. If the players decide to go into that direction, that still doesn't mean that they are going to encounter that mansion or fortress, but it means that they are getting closer to it. Mm -hmm. So the influence from that mansion that I've now just placed into my world is going to grow stronger. Mm -hmm. Maybe I will start showing signs because my players are close enough, or maybe I'm not. And that's the moment when my players sit down. I think about what can happen around them. And then I basically have a, a, a list or a range of different ideas ideas that could happen around them. Mm -hmm. Maybe the players are at a specific point because I gave them already ideas from before around the around the area. Those will obviously stay there, but I will have new ones, obviously, because now they are there. And from those ideas, those ideas can be, as Neil said, very simply, uprising. That's a very cool idea because you can do a lot with it. It is up to you what you do with it. Mm -hmm. And I think in general, when you have these inspirational sparks or the connections that you make to the stuff that is currently going on, on in your campaign or where they are in as you think subconsciously about them because at least most people I know do you make these connections and basically create little beats that then are filtered through the players to see what beats are or come out at the end and that you have to work with after that because they bit the hook because every story beat or whatever you present your players is just a piece of bait and if they bite it now you have to work with it. And that's the same thing for inspiration. If you have these sparks of inspiration, write down beats or and stuff that you want to connect with it mm -hmm. and then filter it through your players and then mm -hmm. see what you have to work with rather than completing every beat before you throw it at mm -hmm. the players because mm -hmm. then... Eh, 
you can, yeah, you may mm -hmm. use it later, but... But that's exactly the first thing about inspiration, finding it, and especially using it. When you're a creative, which every GM, every player, every TTRPG person is, and I will not have this debate, you are a creative because you're doing something that you want to do. And it's somewhat always creative. Be mm -hmm. that game design, be that making a character, be that prepping a game, be that designing, I don't know what, creating a show like this one or an actual play, you are a creative. Not necessarily a creator. That's, that's a discussion we can get into, but not today. But you're a creative, in my opinion. The first thing I learned in being a creative, in being a GM for like seven years at this point, eight years or something, you're going to have ideas and they're gone in a few minutes. Mm -hmm. They're gone in an hour. They're gone in a day. And you're never going to get the idea again. You know that you had a great idea, but you forgot what idea it was because that connection has been lost. Mm -hmm. So the first tip for every creative that I can have and that I still need to follow myself even better have a way to record everything that you want recorded at all times i'm yep. not talking about a voice recorder that is going 24 7 for you by the way but have a notepad with you have your phone with you where you can write notes or where you can make audio messages onto it heck e even even taking a photo of something can help hmm. a video of something can help but recording something so you can capture the idea that you had is not only just gonna manifest the idea itself in your head and you won't even need the records you have of it but it also will prevent the idea getting lost because even if it gets lost you have always the record to go back to mm -hmm. oh man don't get me started on my notes and my on my phone there are just everything that a lot of things that happen or that i think about in or for ttrpgs are just one point notes and they are just scrambled all over. I don't necessarily mm. know always where to find them, but I know I can find them theoretically. Yeah. Like the thing is, my phone's note app is filled with junk. Mm -hmm. There's, I, For example, I also have on my phone's note app my shopping list for the week. That's, yep. that's a pinned note for me, for example. And I also have a list that is not actually my uh, financial um, calculations, but roughly estimates how much money I'm going to have per week after buying groceries and uh, food, uh, rent and stuff like that for the week. Right. So I can so I know how much I am able to spend on something else. Yeah. The plus I make per week, basically, <laughs> which I can then use to buy TTRPGs, to buy books, to buy video games, to buy more food. <laughs> than mm. I would need. But still, next to that are, for example, also notes on how I make, how I can wash my clothes, what settings I need for my washing machine, mm -hmm. random reminders to do the dishes, to uh, clean my apartment once a week or whatever, or at least once a week. And then there is random notes. And I'm just going to open my phone, click on notes, and we'll go to all notes because my phone has the very good thing to folder notes oh, that's retroactively. Amazing. That's amazing. I'm going to look for the first TTRPG note. Well, not the first, by the way, because the first is the backstory of my character for our actual play. <laughs> that one is 7,000 characters, by the way. We've talked about backstories before, so I'm not going to talk about that one. But for example, here's one. This is about a character 
in one of my games where the player has expressed to me in a in a very subtle way that they would like to multi-class into a paladin. Mm -hmm. They don't have the stats for it. I got from that my player wants to change their character a bit or wants to multi-class at the end of the game. So why not make it happen? They wrote down random notes on how to achieve that for them. Mm. I'm not going to talk about it too much, but there's a random note that is only like two sentences in my phone that talks about making one of the player characters into a paladin or at least giving them the ability to multi-class into a paladin. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And if I now scroll down further, I have complete, I have even more random notes about a vampire lord castle in the mountains, by the way. <laughs> that idea was still stuck in my head. Yeah. I have random drawings that are TTRPG related, like maps that I've drawn on my phone. The random records help because everything, as I said with the vampire note, I haven't forgotten about it since writing it down. Mm -hmm. And one thing that um, I would give as a tip is write a bit, not just one word. If it works for you, it works. Sure thing. Find your way how to record your notes. But I just looked through my note application. And yeah, the first TTRPG note that I found was just Tree Pyromancer. <laughs> it just says Tree Pyromancer. And okay. I don't know what the fuck I, I didn't mean with that, for that, or whatever. Was it supposed to be a character? Was it supposed to be an NPC? Was it supposed to be a tree that is a pyromancer? Or um, open for interpretation? <laughs> Fun thing, though, open for interpretation is good. Because even though the original idea might be lost, you still have ideas here now. Yeah. And you can use them however you want. What if Niels gets invited to a new game? to a new, I don't know, Pathfinder game, let's say, and he needs a character. And he thinks, hey, Tree Pyromancer sounds cool <laughs> as fuck. <laughs> let's take a wood folk, uh, like, I think they're called Leshies in Pathfinder, by the way, which are these tree folk, and let's make them a sorcerer that wields fire. Mm -hmm. Cool as fuck, <laughs> by the way. Or Niels needs, I don't know, an arch druid for his campaign as an NPC and goes, it would be so much fun to have this kind of wildfire druid, right, the D&D &D subclass, that is all about destruction brings new life. And mm. they, their destruction, as with the suggestion of the name of the subclass, is through pure fire. And they have such a mastery over fire as an element of nature. Yeah, but, but there is a lot of things work. that you can interpret in it. And that's the beauty of inspiration when you write something down. Because in that moment, you may have a specific idea. But as long as you write the core concept of the idea that you had, you will always be able to make something of it, at least in some degree. If you uh, have a, something that you want exactly the, or ex done exactly in that idea or in that vein write a bit more and define it as much as you needed to as mm -hmm. long as there is this core concept there is still something that you can use mm -hmm. as you just saw with the tree pyromancer example mm -hmm. there is still a lot of possibilities and that's the beauty of it and the thing is you don't know when inspiration will strike because mm -hmm. it can happen at random moments at random points yeah. in time at random locations you don't you simply just don't know mm -hmm. so be ready to write shit down to record things in some way shape or form being it a drawing or a photograph or a voice recording or just a quick scribble or something along those lines. It really, really helps. At least it helped me. Mm -hmm. I've just scrolled to the end of my note app to the first notes I've ever written to talk about something else. Because one important thing about making these notes and uh, writing down your inspiration, by the way, is it gives you the ability 
to use that inspiration. But it gives mm -hmm. you one even better thing. Because I don't know um, about Uniels, but I would hazard a guess that for me, I get like, not just TTRPG related, just related to everything in my life. I get like 100, 200 ideas a day, mm -hmm. of which like most of them are lost because I instantly disregard them as, yeah, I don't really need it, right? For example, right, like the random um, urge, I need a new car. Mm -hmm. Classic. Yeah, sure, I do maybe, but I don't have the money. And then my brain is like, yeah, you're right. Okay, no, next thought. Gone. But you have yeah. so many random thoughts. And for example, now just focusing on those for TTRPGs, you write all those down. You, you actually write most of them down. You have the ability to sort and categorize them. Not just in, this could be a character, this could be an NPC, this could be a plot, this could be a game. You can categorize them in things that are actually cool and random bad ideas I had. Hmm. And more, obviously. But when I look at old notes I have, there's a lot in here that I never used for three fucking years. Mm -hmm. And why is that? Because in retrospect, maybe the idea in the moment wasn't that bad. It was a bad fucking idea. I had an idea, for example, for a monster or for an encounter that would happen in a labyrinth that would... It was a monster that was supposed to uh, separate the players in the labyrinth and then use imitations, illusions... To basically create this horror scenario in, in this maze for everyone alone. Because you have this very fast monster that can imitate voices that can... And, and stuff like that. And like, at the first thought, that idea is cool. And then I thought to myself, well, when am I ever going to use it? Because that's way too much work. Hmm. To, first of all, you need to separate your players. That's not an easy thing to do while still keeping, for example, the one tenant that I believe is important in TTRPGs high, which is agency. Yep. Because I only will be able to really separate them if I take it away from them. That's not necessarily bad, but I don't have to do it. And then also, right, the monster would basically be gaslighting the players into doing stuff that feels bad. Mm. And there's a lot of weird and not necessarily well thought out ideas behind it. If you out there think that that encounter is fine for your games, go use it, please. But for me personally, I found the idea after uh, after having written it down, processing it, and maybe looking at it one time again a week later, I just never used it because I never had the opportunity to. And also the idea wasn't that great at all. Yeah, I think there uh, a lot of times because we draw inspiration from a lot of different media in general. Um, when you have a, an idea like your encounter, for example, it would be an amazing idea for a movie or a book or something along those lines where agency isn't that uh, one of the cornerstones of the thing itself. Fun thing, actually, uh, from that encounter, a friend and I actually somewhat developed the idea, a pitch for a video game that we never developed. <laughs> But that's the thing, because um, a lot of things that I do for my games are inspired by either book, movie, some series, music, or something along those lines. And the ideas mm -hmm. that I have for that, or for TTRPGs in general, or in the moment, are amazing for some sort of medium, but not necessarily for TTRPGs. Mm -hmm. And therefore, if you write stuff down, and then in retrospect can reanalyze those with a fresh mindset, where you are not hyped up about the idea that you just had that you think uh, thought was amazing, mm -hmm. can then reevaluate if you should or could use it in a TTRPG mm -hmm. in general, or if it's more of a storytelling thing yeah. with something else, yeah. where agency and stuff like that isn't as important. Mm -hmm. Because in a book, there is no agency. All the agency is with you as the writer. As the author, yeah. But right, th these are the first two things that I think help a lot with 
inspiration and using it for our games is first of all have an idea <laughs> i know <laughs> yeah. that that advice obviously feels kind of out of place because i can you cannot force yourself to have an idea at least to some degree but when you have an idea make sure that you record it somehow whatever way you see fit and then second after you've recorded it you have the ability to categorize it to think about it critically but you've recorded it so if you ever use if you ever if you ever need it you have it hmm. but if you feel like oh, nah, the idea is actually kind of bad why did i write this or okay no i can't use this right now so i'm just gonna store it here until i forget about even making the note that's okay as well but you have categorized it and with that you have the ability to evaluate your creativity or your inspiration and what you can use from it but mm. the inspiration is not lost because you've written it down if you ever need the note again and you find it that can always re-spark that imagination. Exactly. So the writing down is important. And then I would say, because you have so many ideas, not every idea is going to be able to make its way into your games or into being a game or into being a plot or into being something. Find the ones that you find best from all the ideas that you have. And I know this yeah. sounds hard, but it's actually quite easy because you look at all the ideas you have and your gut feeling will tell you which one is the best. Exactly. You don't have need to have a point system. You don't need to score your things. You just will know what you find best, what you like the most. Exactly. And it completely depends on the situation that you have at hand in your campaigns or in your uh, games itself. Because one idea may be the best TTRPG idea out there. If it doesn't work for your game, then it's not necessarily worthless. But in this instance, you can't use it really. Yeah. And that's the thing. If you have written it down, the idea is still not lost. Mm -hmm. But and I think I was, yeah, sorry. Just because you said that the worthless thing is actually a fun thing. Because yeah, as Neil said, the idea isn't worthless. It is currently in the moment not needed. But it's exactly. never worthless to write down your inspiration or think about think about stuff creatively. Because again, it's a lot about the process of doing, not about having done the thing. Exactly. But doing the thing, doing the creative thinking, doing the creative writing of your notes, that already is helpful. Because maybe you see, okay, no, the idea I'm currently writing down is completely dog shit. I don't want to do it. But I have a different idea that somewhat relates to it and that is way better. Hmm. Then the writing process was needed to get that idea. And that, therefore, the process is not worthless. Exactly. And uh, you just mentioned a, th a thing that I want to talk about is yeah. the um, basically getting an idea part, mm -hmm. the, the first step to have an idea or having an, a note that you then turn into a an idea mm -hmm. and i think or a lot of times it can be quite difficult to get or to force ideas like you just said mm -hmm. to some degree but is there something that you can do or that you do to help you to get into this creative mood or to not necessarily force ideas but make them more accessible for you the getting of ideas phase is interesting to me because I very much value and know the fact that some of my best ideas I can only get if I'm not trying to get them. Mm -hmm. So the first thing is the getting of the idea phase is not necessarily much about forcing myself to get ideas, but making myself open to ideas at mm -hmm. all times. Um, and that is something that uh, has happened uh, naturally, I would say. Being able to have the ability to record everything has made myself 
way more open to just when I get ideas to have the ideas. Mm -hmm. Since I am using my phone's note app to write down everything that I think I want to write down or to record, I've also gotten more ideas in my opinion, or at least in my experience, because I've been more open to the idea of having ideas. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that. But still, there are a lot of things that, for example, I do to uh, make getting ideas simpler. And I think the first thing about that is having, not necessarily having dedicated time, but having time to be a consumer mm. and to not be a creator or a creative. Yeah. I make a point of listening to actual plays, listening to music, listening to podcasts whenever I can. Not just because they're entertaining to me, but also because, uh, well, first of all, because they're entertaining to me, but also because this allows me to get new ideas. Um, but also watching movies, playing video games, I don't know, um, reading a book, all of these things. I am not there to um, necessarily be a creator. I'm mm. there to be a consumer. I want to be entertained. And how, how would I get ideas if I have nothing to gain inspiration from because I'm not a consumer anymore? Exactly. You always have to be a consumer in some way, shape or form as well. Yeah. What helps me is to try to um, be as stress-free as possible or to create a rather calming or relaxing environment, however it is possible in that situation. Takes a hit from the blunt. Oh, you're getting stress-free. <laughs> yeah. No, for real. Jokes aside, making sure yeah. that you have your mind open is gonna be helpful and if exactly. that means taking a hit from a blunt then fucking do it exactly the thing is the most or the the best ideas in retrospect that i had were when i was just sitting in the garden eating some piece of thing that i just grilled on on the barbecue or with some, ba piece some piece of, of barbecue <laughs> piece of thing i it may be a potato it might be some cheese it might be some meat whatever the fuck right mm. if you just have a relaxing environment where there is no really external stress factors mm -hmm. and you're just there sitting out there in the summer enjoying the sun yeah. and maybe talking to a couple of friends or just listening to some music while you do it or a combination of all of those these are the moments where just like hey yeah that, that could work or just through conversation alone because you're not actively thinking about what needs to happen next then your mind is more or my mind is more open to weird impulses if you get your mind free in in some way shape or form you're gonna be able to get ideas i mean some of us get the uh, best ideas we have at work hmm. that's also a thing and then maybe you don't have the time to write it down in that min min second and you're like ah oh, shit i'm gonna lose the idea or something yeah happens you can also get your inspiration from the point of stress where you're uh, at a meet having to meet a deadline or something right hmm. i would say that i get more ideas when i'm uh, less stressed or less occupied on my mind with other things exactly because then my mind obviously has to do something and it occupies itself with thinking about different things mm -hmm. but also for example i can try to stress my mind a bit and i mean only a bit really to think about the things i wanted to think about mm -hmm. for example ttrpgs meeting a deadline for a ttrpg is also sometimes a stressful thing that i where i need to have good ideas <laughs> All of a sudden, right? Oh, fuck, oh, yeah. I need to have some plot for, for, for next session. What can I do? Fuck, what can I do? I need to get an idea. That's the thing for, um, you have to be creative and not creative in the sense of having ideas, but uh, not in the sense of being creative and getting ideas, but in the sense of trying out things that help you get ideas. Yeah, and, and that's, that's a huge thing. Trying stuff out or just following a thought that you just had, even mm -hmm. though it might not be an idea for the situation that, uh, or not necessarily following a thought that is necessarily idea f an idea for the thing that you have to have an idea for, mm -hmm. but something completely different. But just try to follow these 
thoughts and then yeah. maybe there is something. It's just completely random. Yeah. But you can steer it in some direction. Yeah, you have That's always that little sense of control. Exactly. Little sense. For example, right, put on your favorite music playlist, like Niels did. Um, and he got an idea from that. Right? Niels can also put his music playlist deliberately on to say, I want to get an idea from you now. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Or just being in the right mindset is just a huge thing. If you know yeah. you have or you need some sort of idea for the character that you are playing or mm. for a character arc and the player made a character playlist to fit the vibe, then listen to that. It may uh -huh. it may give you an idea to uh, so you know what to do next because you know feel what the player character feels like or wants to feel like or how the player feels while playing that character and just these alone to get into the right setting basically can be super helpful to get ideas even though you're not forcing the ideas but you're creating an environment where it's easier for your brain to come up with stuff regarding the things that you need and I want to talk about uh, the TTRPG and getting into the mood thing. <laughs> Because I use a very simple trick, you could say, to okay. spark my imagination for session prep. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a very, very simple. It, it sounds so, so simple. You run your session. Boom. Yeah. Wait, now I skipped session, the session prep thing, right? Well, no, not for next session. So you have your session. You have run a session. That, that's the base point you have, need to have for this. Mm -hmm. Right after the session, write a recap of what happened. That could be for you to read to the players next time or just for you. So you don't forget what happened. Mm -hmm. And from that, while you're in the mood, while you're in the zone, because you've just GM'd that session, and before the GM crash comes after sessions, for some of us or for all of us in some way, make notes about what could happen next. Pointers. So my players have just entered a dream world. What could happen in a dream world? What fun, engaging thing could I make? Well, the first thing I thought about was shifting landscape. Mm -hmm. um, that was the first note I wrote down, for example. Because it's a dream world. No one said that it, that it has to adhere to anything. So if the landscape just suddenly shifts and, uh, I don't know, the tunnel you're in becomes purple instead of blue, who are you to question it? Hmm. Right? It's it's normal in quotation marks for the dream world to do this. So, eh. yeah. But I got that idea only from having instantly written down after the session what I think could happen or because I was in the zone of, okay, let's run this dream world. Mm -hmm. So that's the trick. Make your beginning session prep for next time right after a session. And that yeah. is do basic stuff. Don't try to do everything. If you can do everything, you can. But I would advise to make a recap, write a few notes, and then leave it because mm. you're also exhausted or at yeah. least somewhat stressed out, burned out, whatever, from mm. that session right now. So you don't want to do too much. Yeah, but I think uh, this is an amazing idea that, or a thing that I haven't really thought about is how many ideas I got while playing. Oh yeah. Just because I'm in the mood of playing and or running a game. Mm. Because then I think about different things than I would when I just walk around the city. Mm -hmm. Just because I am currently in a different moment or in a different setting. I just, in, in the moment, I think about, okay, yeah, my players are doing that now. Mm. Okay, this and this NPC talks to them, then they talk amongst mm -hmm. themselves. But I'm already in the mood of this campaign and know what kind of things might happen or might not and how the game feels currently because mm -hmm. I am feeling it. 
So why not write down some things that you think about during that? And we talked about it getting or giving yourself some time. Then just say, hey, I need to write something down. Get a couple of seconds or a minute to write the stuff down that you just thought about and then continue because you're currently in the mood and don't want to lose that thought. That's totally mm -hmm. fine. And I think to tie this together, what Niels just said, what is something that we said about TTRPGs so many times that it should be burned into every repeat listener's mind? TTRPGs are a medium where you're both creator and consumer. Exactly. You're always also consuming what the other players are doing, what your players are doing, or what your GM is doing, what the world is doing, what the game is doing. You're also consuming the stuff while creating with that stuff. And that is beautiful because that means that you're, you're, you're in a split mindset while you play. You're creative, but you're also consuming. Exactly. Which allows you to combine both. So as Neil said, oh, my players are doing this. Oh, this gives me so many cool ideas that I can use for next session. Because Neil at the same time is consuming the plot that these characters are currently going after, but also in the creative mindset of I am GMing a game for them. I am creating a world for them. I am playing a world for them. And that is... Yeah, once again, the beauty of TGRPGs. Mm -hmm. but, uh, but also to hammer your point even more home, not just with an addition, but with something that personally speaks to me. The biggest inspiration that I ever have for TTRPGs itself is my fellow players or my oh, yeah. players as a GM. Oh, yeah. I couldn't create the amazing worlds, plots, characters that I have if it wasn't for them showing enthusi enthusiasm at my tables, being interested, creating their characters, creating their plots. I wouldn't be able to do what I do without mm. them. And I mean, don't just mean this in the sense of if they're not there, no, there's no one to consume the stuff. But in the without them, my world would still feel empty, bland and boring. Exactly. I need players for it. And I think that's very important. Mm. I, I thrive off of other people play role playing and creating characters or even just rolling natural 20s. I'm so happy if someone else rolls a crit. It's just Hell so yeah. much fun. Um, I'm so happy if someone rolls a crit fail as well because that's just a fun moment that we can use to play but i'm but i need other people for that and this is just one thing that i mention a lot i think is the creative dialogue basically it can happen during play while you witness and mm -hmm. consume your other players or your your players from your games consume and create the media at the same time that they mm -hmm. create or you as a group and table create but it can be just hearing about someone else's game and then just talking about it getting you in the mindset and then having an idea just talking about shit helps you get ideas and helps you get into the right mindset and just helps you create that's one reason why I started this podcast with you or we started mm -hmm. this podcast is just to talk about things to get ourselves or get ideas for our games or that's mm -hmm. how this podcast started at, in the beginning. And uh, when we saw each other at parties, talking about our games, mm -hmm. what happened, and then discussing what happened. And then, yeah, hey, this is cool. Mm -hmm. hmm, I might use that. Or, hey, mm -hmm. in regards to that, hmm, that just gave me an idea for this and this. Just mm -hmm. talking and reacting and consuming other people's reaction and uh, reactions can be such a big influence on how you create and what you create and what inspires you to create itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel I feel that's very um, well said 
point. <laughs> right, for example, something that Niels knows in relation to our newest actual play or second actual play. Me and another player have a very fun character relationship. You could say that. <laughs> and we thrive so much off of that just as friends and as players. There's so much throwing the ball around and giving the other opportunities to be creative, but also giving, but also having your own cool moments with that and mm -hmm. just playing off of each other and that is an advice for players be ready to have a both ball thrown at you using it and then throwing it back at someone else or the same person again yeah so you can throw the creative energy that you've just received that with what you've done ever and then do something with it and then use that to throw something at someone else again exactly. and give them an idea and give them something to do because that is how ttrpgs work mostly for me mm -hmm. It's a creative collaborative table mm -hmm. where it only works if everyone is working towards the same goal, which is having a fun session in the moment, a creative, fun, entertaining session. Yeah. And that is the, the way you do it is to throw around inspiration, to throw around interesting ideas and to collaborate with each other on that. Yeah. And where it all starts in these situations is mm -hmm. everyone at the table tries to create a space where creativity is not only rewarded or wanted but needed because without creativity in any way shape or form whatever however it may show the game is just not not there really mm. because every ttrpg i played so far is based around here is a prompt how do you react to it okay just from a starting basically every ttrpg session or game campaign whatever can just be traced back to one prompt at the beginning and how everything else reacted to it and then the reaction to that and so on and so forth mm. so whoever at the table starts this creative space it is most of the time everyone in my experience mm. just creates a space where creativity is needed rewarded and wanted and then just creates spotlights of creativity to be sh uh, shown at different people and then throwing the ball around and creating a space of creativity there, then building on top of that and enabling that creativity and even furthering it by just adding to it or adding to the narrative itself mm. by just uh, either talking in or giving into the situation or trying to repel that situ uh, that certain situation. Mm. However you do uh, interact with something, it creates some space of creativity because mm. reactions are most of the time a pretty creative thing because it's not pre-planned in most mm. cases. Yeah. There's just one thing that I would like to put out there is if you don't have an idea, don't stress yourself out over it. Mm -hmm. Be calm, cool and collected. However hard it may seem or however hard it is, just just do your best. And even and if it works out, it works out. And if not, you're all we are always assuming good faith at the table. So don't stress yourself out. If you don't have an idea, talk to your players, tell them about it, or talk to your other players, talk to your GM in whatever position you are in. Just talk about it and everything will be all right. That's just <laughs> one thing that I want to yeah. point out. I think three or four years back, I was at a point where I stressed myself out over not having enough ideas for the TTRPG sessions that mm -hmm. I ran. Mm -hmm. So they fizzled out a bit. Mm -hmm. And then two years back now, the um, the groups basically reignited and we talked about it and they all said, they, they all were very understanding because everyone or everyone mm. in my friend groups or in my tables can get behind that so don't stress yourself out and you got this 
<laughs> yeah, you got this. And really, the important thing, I know this is very, very hard, uh, and it's very easy to say, but very hard to do in practice. But let's, let's just reassure you, you're gonna be fine. Exactly. Even if you don't have many ideas, if you have only one, use it. If you have none, tell your players about it. If you have, if, if you feel like you have to cancel the session, do that. But I will also say you don't need you don't necessarily need an idea to play. When you're up front to your players, hey guys, I haven't written much prep, probably gonna be a low profile session, role play a bit. Maybe one of you has an idea or a fun thing to do while I try to search for something. But stressing yourself over a hobby, over a thing that we do for fun and entertainment is not gonna end well. It's exactly. gonna lead to burnout. And we want to prevent that. We don't want you to burn out. We want you to have fun. And I hope at least that this episode is my my this op this episode has at least given you some reassurance that you're good enough to do it. Because once again, you are. I don't need to know you. I know you are because I knew I, I know exactly. Niels knows exactly where you are. If you're doubting yourself at that at this point as a GM or anything, everyone's been there. Don't sweat it. Everything is gonna be fine. Find your style, find your groove. You're going to get ideas again. Even if you don't have one this week, next week will come and then you will have the amazing idea that you were looking for. But only if you don't stress it too much. Just have fun. It sounds so easy. It's hard to do sometimes, but trust me, it's it works. Exactly. Yeah. And with that, I don't have anything else. Same, same, same. So thank you all for listening and see you on the next one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Double DM. It appears you liked this one. What we had to say and our advice helped you. Why not show us how we helped you in a rating? Or even write a review detailing us how we helped. You can do this on the platform that you are listening on right now. It's just a few clicks, doesn't take long and helps us out. It gets us out there and our advice into more ears of more people. Thanks again for listening and joining us on this amazing journey. Have a great day and see you on the next one. Bye bye.